Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, July 12th, and today is National Simplicity Day. I'm sure you can appreciate that, Gretchen. It's also Paper Bag Day, so bring your lunch to work. It's also Malalia Day on top of National Different Colored Eyes Day for all of you that have pets with two different colored eyes. Also, National Pecan Pie Day. It's going to make my mom very happy. That's her favorite kind of pie. And, of course... Gretchen, get ready. It is National Eat Your Jello Day. Oh, boy. Thank you for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live on the Internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Twitter spaces now. Oh, yes. And uh, if you'd like to participate in the show, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand in Twitter spaces if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. But now we're going to kick it off first with the dope dad himself. That's right. It's the Quasimodo caretaker, the father to little baby Zozo. And of course, he's the dope dad himself. That's right. It is Rico Lameet. You all right, Quasimodo? You're on mute. You're muted. You're mute, bro. You're mute. You don't get to talk today. <clears throat> no, we don't got you. No. Nope. All right. All right. Well, seeing as that, uh, since Rico's dropping the ball this this morning, what's that, Rico? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're gonna <laughs> you go. Hear me? Uh, now we can hear you. Yes. You hear me? Yeah, now we can. Yes, yes, we yeah, can. yes, yes. All right. I said, does your jiggle, uh, does your jello jiggle, jiggle? Oh man, oh man, oh man. All right, Mr. <laughs> All right, Mister Puddin Pop himself. It's I got the dope dad. I got some great news. I appreciate that, Jason. You don't have to, you don't have to answer that so quickly. We know it does. But um, uh, come, uh, I have some great news coming out of um, or some. I just didn't say great news. I have some uh, um, some news coming out of the empire state yes once again and um it's another day another new york trap shop being shut down this one it's just a little different and i'm glad we have uh, uh dale on board with us today because uh, i got some questions at the end of this one all right so yesterday nypd and state tax ag agents ran up on two locations of manhattan's popular empire cannabis club uh but Due to quick thinking by one of the floor managers, uh, only one of these raids was successful. The statewide raids have been hearing, uh, we've been hearing so much about our product of law enforcement exercising their newly expanded powers to crack down on unlicensed shops, a byproduct of Kathy Hochul's updated policies that went into effect last month. But the fact just one of these two raids um, on the not so underground storefront was successful may have exposed a critical weakness in Hochul's game plan and perhaps a blueprint for others to check New York's anti-green boys in blue if they ever find themselves in, in similar pickles. Per the article, enforcement teams descended late Tuesday morning on the Chelsea and Lower East Side locations of Empire Cannabis Club, one of the city's biggest operators of unlicensed dispensaries, to conduct what an official at the Chelsea site described as a routine inspection. After a standoff lasting several hours, tax agents were seen taking seized products out of the dispensary on 8th Avenue in Chelsea and loading them into a red van. 
Jonathan Elfand, one of the four owners of Empire's five outlets. <laughs> Dude, like they, they got five locations and um, none of them are legal. This, this, this is fantastic. Um, he's one of the four owners of Empire's five outlets. He said that police pushed their way behind him into the Chelsea store after he arrived in the afternoon. Then they briefly detained him. At the Lower East Side uh, store on Allen Street, Jonathan's sister, Lenore Elfand, who's also a co-owner, she said that authorities refrained from raiding the store after she recorded a video saying that she would not consent to a warrantless search. Lenore said tax agents did, however, issue tickets to her and the on-site store manager, ordering both to appear in court on a single charges of obstruction. Uh, New York Police Department, on their part, conceded tax officials summoned officers to the Allen Street location before leaving the shop empty-handed. The Times says, uh, the New York Times says that the state's decision to go after Empire marks a significant escalation in efforts to clamp down on unlicensed dispensaries and also sets up what's likely to be a closely watched court battle with potential to set precedent to determine if gray area businesses like Empire have legal standing under cannabis law. In a statement made to the Times, Lenora Elfin said this, We've known this was coming for a long time and we've been waiting for it. The state has been slow to issue regulations and licenses for legal dispensaries, and there are only 19 operating statewide, end quote. What makes Empire's model unique is that their customers pay a membership fee to access its menu of cannabis products rather than selling them directly. The business ignored multiple warnings from regulators that its business model was not legal, arguing it was a concierge service, but not a direct seller. In June, state lawmakers disagreed and passed legislation saying paid membership concierge services still amounted to illegal sales. And in addition to steeper fines levied on operators choosing to test the system's limits, tax regulators can now uh, press criminal tax fraud charges, too. I'm pretty sure regulators here in California were a lot more effective in their first uh, few waves of quote-unquote, real trap shop crackdowns back in 2017 and 18. But being that America's current levels of online clout chasing are at an all-time high, Hochul and company's insistence on heavy PR surrounding the process is why we're hearing so much about it on a national level. Even though pretty much everything done and said by them is laughable at best, like last month's major announcement that regulators raided a whopping 31 businesses in their two first two weeks operating and seized a thousand pounds of flour worth 11 million dollars eleven thousand dollars per pound do the math <laughs> the times reported that steve zishu um, Empire's lawyer denounced Tuesday's enforcement agents and maintained that Empire was doing nothing wrong on top of the raid. Agents being refused entry uh, after arriving without warning and without a warrant. Per Jonathan Elfin's account, the agents resorted to force to get inside the Chelsea store, cleared the shelves of smokable flour and infused edibles. But within moments of their departure, the outlet was back up and running and a steady stream of customers had already lined up at the door before they exited. <laughs> I'm Rico Lamit, dopest dad on the street. Um, lawyers on the panel today, man, like, is this going to be a model for all the trap shops going forward? They're just going to deny them. <laughs> like, you didn't have a warrant. You guys did not give us prior notice. You were disrupting my business. <laughs> Where's my ticket? Absolutely should. I'd pull that card. Absolutely. No question asked. I actually, you stole this article from me, by the way. <laughs> but um, I absolutely was thinking, I was like, I would just stand at the door and be like, no, sorry. And also, what is this suspicious red van? I mean, you show up with no warrant, a red van, I've seen plenty of fake badges in my life. I don't know. This just seems like sounds like the know. jump out boys. I'm not in law enforcement. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I grew up. I grew up on the East Coast. Like, stop raid. I, I, I don't know if y'all, if everybody <laughs> grew up on the West Coast. Y'all got jump out boys. Supplies, really? Uh, I say that. Sorry about that, Mandy. Say that last part again. That I think the other trap shop down the street just needed supplies, so they're going around raiding all these other ones to fill up their own store. Real, real talk. <laughs> I mean, did y'all have jump out boys out here on the East Coast when you see vans come out and there's, whether they're cops, whether they're the gangsters, whatever, you see a van pull up like that, you run. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm Mark Van, you you run because people are going to you're going to jump out and either you're going to be thrown in that van or something crazy is going to happen. If I see a red van like that. I, I think it's just you're just letting people know who you are and what to do. 
I mean, they usually pull up in staff. white Econoline vans, though, Rico. I've never seen them pull up in a red van. I've seen them pull I've up in a seen white a red one. van like yeah. that ever. It's always them. some white law enforcement or undercover van. Mm -hmm. um, I've never seen anything like which made me think this is why I'm like, I think maybe <laughs> could this not be the cops? <laughs> oh, you know who this I'm was? This was probably Six Nines boys. <laughs> they pull up in the red a van. A rainbow, a rainbow colored van. Yeah, they pull up in the red this van and the hop problem. out. Go for it, Dale. This is the problems that law enforcement has because um, their toolbox doesn't have all the tools they used to have. These all used to be felonies, and you went in and you gathered evidence, got a search warrant, went in and busted the doors, and you could do maybe one of those a day, maybe a um, couple a week. Uh, and then they went to an enforcement of zoning, which is one of the ways that they get around the, the warrant requirement. But still, if they're not going to let you in, you have to have at least an administrative warrant, which means you've got to have a reasonable belief that there's something going on in there that violates your, your codes that you have authority over. And the tax people, they're just assholes. I mean, you're in California. The, the last person you want to screw around with is the tax people because they show up with guns and take your shit. So this, I don't know well, that they Dale, figure out how to do this Dale, shit. Dale, wouldn't the fact that they're running an unlicensed cannabis business be the probable cause that they need for the searchless warrant? I, I'm with you, Gretchen. I think I think just having that sign on your door could be probable cause for the for the type of warrant. Because they know that you're not licensed. Isn't that enough? Well, that's enough. Uh, perhaps once you get arrested and you're in front of a judge. They're trying to figure out ways to get in and and scare people and th these are designed to deter and when you walk away before you get five blocks away they're up and running it, trust me it ain't deterring anybody from anything there, there's just legal rules and they're trying to play around with them and right now the community learned if i tell you you can't come in and they are not going to come in that's the next battle i got to figure out mm -hmm. is getting an administrative warrant's not that difficult but you got to go there and you got to gather information in front of the judge and get some sort of a warrant. And they want to be able to say, oh, it's just, you're violating the law, so I've got probable cause. But are you a law enforcement officer? Okay. Mm. Do you have a right, does a citizen walk down the street saying, yeah, I'm a citizen's arrest because I see you breaking the law. There's, there's problem. The, the real problem here is that there's so much tax and regulation, the black market's eating your lunch every day. Mm -hmm. They don't want to seem to understand the way to fix this to green light the legal industry, take the money out of the black market, and they'll find someplace, someplace else to go. But no, that doesn't, egos of law enforcement folks doesn't really you know, cotton to that very well. They want to kick doors in and take you away in a red van and scare the shit out of you. Rico, I have another question for you. You said yes. uh, that there was a standoff. Can you give, uh, what do you mean standoff? <laughs> on, we're not coming out. What do you mean there was a standoff for hours? I was quoting the article, and uh, okay, yeah, so I was, asking, I was quoting the article, and they and uh, apparently this is what went down in their Chelsea location, or, um, and uh, with but it doesn't the, say much more. No, it didn't say if guns were drawn. I mean, it said that there was an hours long standoff. Maybe it was just a tense verbal altercation. That's all this was. That's all this was. It's like, hey, hey, we're coming there. in. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just the cops saying, hey, it's we're coming be, in. This could be the, the, the New York's time, the New York Times sensationalism mm -hmm. with the story. It's definitely some sensationalism, <laughs> the standoff. use of standoff. Mm -hmm. New York Times sensationalism. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> well, I, would, I would tell these guys at uh, Empire Cannabis, if they want to operate in the manner that they are just come to dc nobody cares perfectly legal down here go for it oh look at that gretchen opening up the door oh, for empire in dc, in, in oh, DC it's not gonna be red vans it's gonna be black suburbans that pull up and they'll be a little <laughs> bit more scary hold on yeah, gretchen gretchen offering a trap olive leaf this totally works with the i-71 provisions in dc go for it they're doing nothing wrong according to dc law yeah the yeah. dea tends to differ with that though I mean, Luke. I, I know I know I was watching a show and they were talking with the owner of, of, of Empire and he was saying how he should be afforded a license because they're already doing um, what the state what the state wants them to do as far as as far as selling cannabis safely and, and efficiently. And so I'm not sure 
where where they come up come up with that to say that they should be entitled for a license but nonetheless like they already have so much going on in new york i mean you might as well i i appreciate their chutzpah but i don't think that will stand up with the ocm i don't think it will either i do not think it will either but you know what we're going to go to a commercial and we're going to be right back How's it going guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Coming to the stage next is the Hyatt 9 News head honcho, the cannabis industry's longest continuously operating retailer and smoker of what he says is the best weed in the world. Y'all know who it is? Jason Beck. Well, let me tell you something, Rico, it is. And I challenge anyone that wants to challenge me in regards to that. Always open for the challenge. Always, always, always. But I'll tell you what, Rico, man. Gretchen said it's booth. Gretchen can Gretchen say whatever. Gretchen doesn't even smoke. Okay. Oof. Oof. Gretchen doesn't even smoke. Adam, Plus, Adam, she likes outdoor weed. Of me. Plus, she likes outdoor weed. Adam, I would like you to show our viewers that my hand is up. I'm ready to take the challenge that Jason Beck does not have the best weed in the world. Uh, all right. All right. All right. And sweet. I will be in California in September. So let's try and prove it here, Jason. Amazing. I want to see I a, do a, blind uh, taste a Republican test with my off. own set of experts. You, you you don't even have experts. The only experts you that you have are all people that I already know. I got plenty of experts. Yeah, right. Not no one. No one from Colorado can be considered an expert. Stop it. Outdoor growers. I ain't talking about anyone. Uh huh. Talking about a humble throwdown. Let's do this. You big puss. Somebody, somebody get Dana White on the line right now. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be the opening act for Mark Zuckerberg and uh and Elon Musk in the Coliseum. What's all the hubbub? <laughs> but I'll tell there you what. There many technical difficulties if that's the case. All right. Yeah, right. Not with me. Yeah, Elon. Uh, oh, God. Here we go. Here Keep we go. Keep it moving. All right. Now you're ready, Gretchen. You're ready for my story now? Oh, I'm ready for your booth story. Let's okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, L.A. L.A.'s, you know. Uh, the city, the city of crime, be these liberal DAs because a carjacked vehicle smashes into an illegal downtown L.A. marijuana dispensary. A carjacked vehicle was used to smash into an illegal marijuana dispensary in downtown Los Angeles early Wednesday morning, and the suspects got away. Adam, can you pull the picture from the article? Los Angeles police officers responded to a report of shots fired near Hooper Avenue and 15th Avenue in downtown L.A. at about 4 a.m. on Wednesday. A black car was driven through a steel roller front gate at an illegal marijuana dispensary near the intersection, and five to six suspects reportedly carjacked the driver at Washington Boulevard and Central Avenue, about a half a mile away, and put the driver in the trunk of the vehicle, then drove to the dispensary and drove through the front of the building, possibly in reverse. The victim was reportedly released at the scene of the break-in, and the suspect's fled in an undescribed second vehicle and remained at large Wednesday morning. It was not immediately clear what was stolen from the scene of the break-in, and the carjack driver was unharmed and was cooperating with police. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, these little trap shops and these little trap stars out here and all these little little hood robbers. You know what I mean? Because uh, the reality of it is that if you do, if you break into a commercial space in Los Angeles County, okay, here's here, here's the big problem: is there is no actual real enforcement on anyone that breaks into commercial businesses in Los Angeles County because the if you get caught, first of all, if you get caught, your first offense is nothing more than informal probation. Your second offense is three months. Your third offense is six months. Your fourth offense is a little bit longer than that. And your fifth offense, you don't, you, you all, all of a sudden you get a year. So the reality of it is this, is that LA is a, is just breeding for crime like this all day, every day, because we have a lack of enforcement from our district attorney and other other agencies and whatnot and there is no one getting prosecuted for crime and look at that car and getting pulled out of the thing and that's a stolen vehicle with a guy in the trunk what do you guys think about this 
They took smash and grab to a uh, whole another level on that one. Right? <laughs> right, Luke? Yeah. This, this happened actually at a dispensary up north, too, here of a, a friend of mine. Uh, actually, it happened in, twice to her. In Union City? We covered that on Monday, I think. They shot the security guard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we covered that on Monday's show. Craziness, man. Craziness. Man. Yeah, law enforcement, I mean, listen, we're not apprised a of all of the things that they're dealing with every single day. But I will tell you that time and time again, when law enforcement has been called out to effectively support or help a cannabis business operator in my town, they're slow to respond, like creepy, crawly hours, sometimes days to respond. And I can only imagine what it's like in L.A. with and times the population. This is still considered soft crime in the law enforcement community. Even whacking somebody inside this is they're not interested in spending a lot of resources going after them. And there's going to be a continuous battle about trying to deal with people who, I mean, stealing is what we call a malum and say crime. Mm -hmm. It's a traditional felony. You steal my shit, you should get in trouble. And if you don't take steps to deal with people who will steal your shit, and more people will steal your shit. And Luke and I can tell you, we were in prison with a lot of guys who had no problem stealing your shit. They didn't respect you. They didn't respect your, I mean, they'd hurt you. Following some breaking news right now, a man. We're doing things that are actually crimes we should be paying attention to, even if they're not, you know, bank heists. Um, spend a little more time, put them in an orange vest, have them clean the 405 for, you know, a few weekends. Maybe that'll fix this shit. Uh, why, why, why did they put the dude in the in the trunk, man? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they're not going to get get charged with a with with, with kidnapping, attempted murder. Uh, no, no, no. They they, they 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 would get exactly. kidnapping. This that isn't is attempted murder. This this is kidnapping. That's not just carjacking. Yeah, kidnapping, carjacking, kidnapping. Yeah, reckless endangerment. I can see that. Man. Well, if the guy's got a phone, he's going to call the cops. So then the, you got a hot car out there. You keep him in the trunk. You can't say anything until done your dirty deed and then turn him loose so i mean carjacking tips done right by dale I, I, i'm just wondering because it says that they reversed into, into the thing i'm just you know they they're bait and he and the guy was in the trunk i just wonder how much he shake rattled and rolled in the back of that trunk while he was going through that garage gate yeah yeah and i mean you have a slew of other crimes that are can be attached to that whole offense uh, you know like you guys said kidnapping carjacking false imprisonment um, I, I, I know like the, you know, what you said about the commercial burglaries is being a low level offense, but I know carjacking is still real high on the scale in California. So, um, you know, well, just the carjacking alone with, with a kidnapping and false imprisonment, I think could, could definitely get you some decades here, even well, still in California. Well, I, I think, I think the thing about it though, is that you have a lot of these liberal DAs, like in LA, we have the DA George Gascon and he does not prosecute crime at all. And so if they're not willing to prosecute crime, then 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 you're not going to get any of these sentences, Luke. He prosecutes he prosecutes crime. It's, it's just very, very soft. <laughs> he's mm -hmm. very soft. You saying that he doesn't prosecute at all. That's that's incorrect, Jason. He, I, he's very, very soft compared to what has happened. Let, let me tell past. you something, bro. Just, just keep it a buck. Yeah, I don't consider that a prosecution. This softy, this softy stuff, little whack on the wrist. No, 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 not buying none of that. There's no deterrence for criminals in Los Angeles County. That's just the truth. It's a, it's a, the pendulum swings both ways. If they've been heavy-handed on communities that um, um, in the past that they should not have been um, uh, more heavy-handed on, this is the pendulum swinging in the uh, in the other direction. And I'm afraid, I don't know if you saw what 50 Cent said uh, the other day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did see that. No cash bail. Yep. <laughs> LA's in trouble. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a free-for-all. Looking at uh, San Andreas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from, uh, uh, from Grand Theft Auto. It's, it looks like it's... It's exactly like that. It's exactly right like that out here in the streets of LA. 100%, <laughs> just like Grand Theft Auto. There's no way to change. There's no way to change these enforcement paradigms without pendulum swinging one way or the other, because you target one area for enforcement, you have to take your foot off the gas on another. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, some of these examples like San Francisco, where they just brazenly exactly. walk in and just steal your shit and nothing happens to them. 
general public's going, no, 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 no. I'd spank my kid for that. Why in the fuck aren't you doing something to these people? Because mm-hmm. you're just a thief. Okay? That's a malum and say crime that parents should have stopped and nipped it in the bud by woodshedding these little shits when they were younger. Now they're adults and we got to deal with them. So we'll, we'll see this go back and forth. The war on drugs is a failure. Okay. How do mm-hmm. we move away from that? Well, not prosecuting, not prosecuting real crime, even though it's low level, is not going to help this situation. It just pisses the public off. And Dale is advocating, is, and, and Dale is advocating for beating your kids again. Oh yeah. <laughs> I raised three sons. Each yep. one of them fucked around and found out. That's right. Yeah, I'm sure that they did. In era. Uh, yeah, and and with that, we're gonna move it, move it right on over. Here. Yeah, we're gonna move right on into to our feisty redheaded conservative Gretchen Gailey. She's the founder of Panoptic Strategies in D.C. and she loves to parade her dogs up and down the streets of D.C. in costumes that they do not approve of. That's right. It is Gretchen Gailey. Jason, they are not costumes. They They're not are outfits. Yeah, costumes. No, the babies love them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, costumes. You mm-hmm. wouldn't know a costume would fit in yet. I know costumes because right. people wear them on Halloween. Well, that's not what my children wear. No, no, no. My furry babies wear executive ties. They wear <laughs> flowers. They wear <laughs> bow ties. They like the sweaters. Do they wear they glasses? Like it all. Do any of them? Do any of them have have two different colored eyes? Because it's it's two different colored eye day today. No, unfortunately. Okay. No. All right. Their eyes are are brown. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, my headline today is coming from Marijuana Moment. GOP senator says Schumer plan to pass marijuana banking bill this summer is wishful thinking. A Republican senator says that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's plan to tackle marijuana banking and other legislation during the summer session isn't going to happen as the timeline makes the top Democrats' wish list virtually impossible to achieve. Speaking on the floor on Monday, Senator John Cornyn said he was interested to see the Majority Leader's Dear Colleague letter on Sunday that listed various legislative priorities and issues he'd like to take up during the work period before the August recess. Senator Schumer mentioned his desire to move forward on bills relating to drug pricing, fentanyl, permitting reform, rail safety, marijuana banking, China competition, artificial intelligence, and a number of other topics in the next three weeks. Cornyn said, now to be clear, I don't think the majority leader actually believes we're going to produce legislation in these areas. Maybe you would call this a wish list, but it's only wishful thinking to believe that in the U.S. Senate, you are going to be able to get all of these necessary items addressed in the next 10 working days. Schumer himself had acknowledged in the letter that it would not be easy to achieve his list of goals, emphasizing the need for GOP collaboration in the process. But he did signal that he thinks that the cannabis banking reform, among other priorities, was achievable even under the tight deadline. Cornyn, who blocked a veteran-focused cannabis research bill from moving to the floor last year, raised another potential issue with the majority leader's plan, however. He questioned whether Schumer had pre-vetted the bills with Republican-controlled House or inquired with the White House about whether the president would sign the legislation. That is how we legislate around here. It's not performance art. It's not show business. This is actually about doing the people's business and passing legislation through an admittedly difficult process. But this is where we find ourselves having waited until this late moment to deal with so much important legislation. The Democratic-controlled Senate has been downright sleepy for the last six months, and I have no reason that this letter, this wish list, will prompt some miraculous turnaround. He emphasized that the Senate must use its limited time to address the priorities like defense, agriculture, and appropriations. Schumer did say that in his letter that appropriations and defense legislation are at the top of his agenda. The likelihood that the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act can pass during the summer window will be largely contingent on how quickly it moves out of the Senate Banking Committee, where it received a hearing in May and is expected to be marked up soon. As it's currently drafted as a standalone bill, the Safe Banking Act is said to have enough support to pass the full chamber, but if it does reach the floor... The question will then be whether Democratic members will seek to significantly expand it in a way that potentially compromises bipartisanship around the reform. Uh, Well, I actually agree with uh, Senator Cornyn. I think Chuck Schumer is asleep at the will. He's been asleep at the will for quite a while. Uh, And I don't expect a vote uh, on safe banking prior to the August recess. I do expect that there will be a markup on the bill before it 
Uh, and that is what is needed first for this thing to come to the floor for a vote. I would expect to see a, a vote on safe ba- banking later this fall. Uh, my hope is that it gets the markup uh, in the next few weeks. This is Gretchen Pry at 9 News. Um, I can agree with you more. Mm-hmm. So basically, I can agree with you more. So basically, Senator Schumer is taking a page from the president and just being sleepy. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying Chuck has had his head up his ass for years, and I don't know why people aren't just recognizing that now. I mean, I, I've on, always recognized nothing, that. Except grandstand for the media mm-hmm. and tweet the about glasses. marijuana on Thursdays. That's I mean, right. Just jack the, but, nothing. But the glasses <laughs> make him so confident. I know. He looks so reputable. People love the glasses. Oh man, that that is good, Rico. That was that was good. Oh man. You know, we, we we do need some safe banking, so I hope that there is some progress on this. But 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 I agree with you, Gretchen. Senator Schumer is definitely asleep at the wheel, and he is driving to nowhere fast. I mean, this is more of his usual bullshit, pretending he cares about cannabis. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was him in the trunk of that uh, that Dodge Challenger. <laughs> we could only hope. <laughs> oh my god! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Anyways, moving on. Stay tuned for more on safe banking someday. Oh, thank you so much, Gretchen. We're going to go to a commercial and we're going to be right back. Hyatt 9 News invites you to join us and become a sponsor, supporter, and attendee for The Control Tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And... With the tower propelling at 2,600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Oh, yeah. Stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel if you haven't subscribed already. And also make sure to tell a friend about the show because we believe that organic growth is the best growth. You know. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info omarfigueroa.com Up next, he did 52 months of service for doing God's work God's work, cultivation and intent to distribute a, to a handful of terminally ill patients. Started things off as a co-owner of California Medical uh, Started things off uh, in the game as a uh, I just lost my place here, man. But he is. <laughs> Sorry about that, Dale. Everybody's foul mouth uncle and the man with more dirty one-liners than an EDM pre-party. Dale Schaefer. Uh, morning, everybody. This is the, the crazy old uh, lawyer from God only knows what universe. Okay, my, um, my story this morning involves labor peace agreements and fake unions. And it comes out of MJ Biz Daily. The headline is California cannabis companies tied to fake union could lose their licenses. <clears throat> now, I, I don't have in my memory every uh, labor peace agreement clause in every one of these state um, regulatory schemes, but it seems to be fairly common. And at some point, they want, uh, at some number of employees, they typically want you to sign one of these agreements to work with a labor union. Well, it seems that in California, we have a number of 20, <clears throat> and I've worked with companies to try to figure out how we do this. Once you get to 20 employees, now you've got to have a, a labor union come in and talk to your employees and talk about organizing them. And what happened here is that the Teamsters um, hauled out a fake labor union. And shock, you know, don't let this shock your system too much, but... There was a fake labor union out there that employers are working with to get around these uh, labor peace agreements. And the, um, the Agricultural Labor Relations Board here in California made a decision that these are not a bona fide union. 
So once that was decided, our de Department of Cannabis Control issued a notice that, listen, if you signed up with these guys, and they're called Professional Technical Union Local 33, if you signed up with them, you're out of compliance, and you better fix this or you could lose your license or be suspended. So this is... This is one of the problems that uh, I've been dealing with as a cannabis um, business attorney. I was raised an Eisenhower Republican. All the men in my family were um, Republicans. And on my dad's side, my grandpa was a teamster. So I got that in my DNA. Um, but my other grandfather owned small businesses and he could not afford to pay the wages the teamsters paid. So when I set businesses up, I'm very sympathetic to you know labor but I also understand that as a small business owner, it's difficult, if not impossible, to make these businesses profitable. Um, if you have to start out by having an agreement with a labor union because they, they have the ability to be very influential in your business decisions. Not that that's a bad thing, but as a small company, it's difficult, if not impossible, to do this when you have all these taxes and regulations. And it seems like across the country this is happening and as I was reviewing this this morning, another uh, article popped up from MJ Biz Daily. In Rhode Island, a cannabis retailer sues the state over the labor clause, saying it's oppressive. So it isn't like this is a, a problem only in California. And the Teamsters have also uh, alleged unfair labor practices for a group out of Chicago. So this is going to be a battleground going forward. Right now, industry in California is circling the drain. So this is just another kick in the nuts of how do we do this? And I don't advocate that you come up with a phony labor union to do this, but the level of 20 employees, um, making those numbers crunch in California has been difficult. So you will see people, like they go to trap shops, they're gonna find a way around this. So there's a point of discussion. Let's throw it out for people. What do you all think? This is, <coughs> I mean, <laughs> Fake union. I know this is probably not the most popular response, and I don't want to come off like I don't appreciate or value what unions bring to the table. Historically, they've done a lot of good for a lot of people. This feel like our industry is almost too infantile to be having to face with union interface with unions right now. I feel like there's so much that changes and so much at play here that other industries don't have to use have to deal with that unions has it just seems like a massive pain in the ass for everybody, even the people who are supposed to be benefiting from it. It just is another layer of bureaucracy that it's nothing but a huge headache. And everyone's trying to navigate this while we're building an industry at the same time. No. Dale, is this, a, is, was, this, was this whole thing a scam? Well, I, I think the underlying uh, assumption is that was an employer promoted on um, bona fide labor union. So whether it's an actually a scam, according to the state, it's a scam. And it's a you, scam. You signed up and they, they said they signed between 20 and 100 um, companies. So now so these people were taking dues from people and taking their money and saying you're part of a union and the union didn't exist. I, I don't know if I could say that, Gretchen. I think in California, you have to either sign the agreement if you got 20 or more or promise to sign one. And once you get to 20 and you sign the labor peace agreement, and what happens beyond that's the legal organization to deal with. If they're not doing anything, and I think that's a problem here, they tried to talk to the head of this union, get information, and they went dark like Trump does. They said, we ain't playing this game. You're not bona fide. We're done. Okay. Yeah. So, in, 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 the, in the chat, Gretchen, uh, uh, Nicholas is saying, uh, nothing said that they were a fake union, just that they were not a bona fide union in California, meaning they didn't have a California office or representation. Not all states have those clauses in their union agreements, is what he, Nick is saying in regards to this. So these, these may be very well like meaning unions and whatnot, but they do not meet the criteria that the state of California deems for, for you to have a labor peace agreement with an actual real union. Oh, but what's a real union? I think that's where we're going to have some discussions here. Whether or not the state says you're bona fide. Well, okay. But I don't, I don't know what the metrics are to be bona fide. So before I talk much about that, there are criteria or metrics, we call them, to be bona fide. And if you're not one of those, now there's going to be a new 
arrangements made here, and we'll see if someone tries to get around it. Um, the sentiment, I think, is good, but progressive agendas that try to enforce too much onto these, these nascent businesses, mm -hmm. uh, I just think destined to fail. It's just, it's not going to work very well. So um, this is not the end of it. This is the beginning of a new phase here because these companies will find somebody else. I don't think they're going to call up the Teamsters tomorrow, uh, but they'll find some other labor union to, to work with that has bona fides. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, they the Teamsters are already involved in cannabis. Um, so I don't see why they don't step in and help out here. And I kind of disagree with you, Mandy, on that we should wait for that. I think organized labor could come in and help with a number of these problems. And they have the muscle and the money behind them to actually get things done for workers' rights uh, that the cannabis industry currently doesn't have. I'm just saying that these companies that are interfacing with unions are usually doing so because they have a large number of either bud tenders or brand ambassadors. And these are minimum wage folks, right? Now we're asking them to pay union dues on top of their low wage. Mm -hmm. I just, I can't get excited about that. I mean, listen, when I was 16 and I had my very first job at a grocery store, I had to pay union dues and I told them I did not want to at 16. I was like, nah. I'm already barely making any money. You're not taking extra money away from me. I didn't realize was, at the time that people didn't appreciate. That. It's just, it's just, it's just <laughs> more, it's just yeah, more taxation. The unions are the guys who would fight for you to make it more than a minimum wage job. They would be the guys who helped. Uh, what was the woman who died in uh, Mass? Was it Massachusetts, Rico? Yep, uh, Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Gretchen. For these I'm just saying there are a lot of benefits to it out there. For yeah. large multi-state operators, it makes sense. For all of these smaller, singular operator state company, state-based companies, it's it's just another way to challenge them and another obstacle or a hurdle for them to jump over. Just keep yourself at 49 employees. I come from, I was raised by a mother who was part of the union. Uh, and every day she was like, I'm going to vote exactly like my union tells me to do, frankly, because they kept food on the table. They gave us medical benefits. If it weren't for the union, my mother would have been shit out of luck with a lot of things. So I think there are a lot of benefits to people look at the union as like Jimmy Hoffa and horrible things that are just trying to scam <laughs> people out of money to get union dues. That's there, all they do. A lot of good people behind the union. That's, a lot. that's coming it's, from somebody who has never been on the receiving end of the benefits of the union. It's a lot of taxation without representation. Like, what I'm saying uh, is that our industry is just so young. And you know, for yeah. companies that have thousands of employees, it makes sense. But I think the cap should be much higher than 50. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, um, I agree with both of you, uh, Mandy uh, and uh, uh, Gretchen. And it sounds um, the whole Jimmy Hoffa, you know, take your money and don't really do jack shit for you. Sounds a lot like uh, Donald Trump's uh, fundraising campaign. Oh, man. Uh, stop it. Trouble. He did but, plenty of stuff but, for people. <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with the recent uptick in um, all these unions in America is starting to unionize again. I wouldn't be surprised if I see a lot more of um, opportunity no. for scams like this mm -hmm. <laughs> to pop up. Like, yo. I mean, hey, I'm hey, union. let's go. I'm going to go unionize, pay up. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go a step further. And I'm going to say, like, I do think there was a place for unions in America. Yeah. But I don't think that's the case really anymore. Um, hmm. And I think that the free market will weed out the bad employers. I'm a suit. I, I, I agree with that. Listen, the free market is more powerful than people believe. Exactly. And, if you are an employer that's not paying a good wage or not paying benefits or not taking care of people when accidents happen, guess what? People mm -hmm. don't work for you anymore. Exactly they right. They work for another company that does those things. So um, I think there's still some instances where a union is it can be beneficial to the employees, but in a lot of senses, they just take money and really do little. And I, I don't think they do what... Uh, the value is of the dollar that they take from a hardworking uh, employee. Yeah, I, th I think they work. They, they they work in regards like if you're in a high paying job, like you're you're an electrician, plumber, something like that. Those those types of things gen generally work. But at the same time, they're making enough money to where they can actually afford the dues, as opposed to a, just a whole added extra tax for a lot less representation than what you deserve for what you're paying for. 
So do you all think that it's it's the size of the company that matters most? Do you oh, think I see what you did there, Rico. Work? I see what yeah. you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> do, do you think it's... I think, I think <laughs> this is not an innuendo I, at all. Uh-huh. It, 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 go ahead. Oh. This suggests that only the big boys are the ones screwing people over, especially in an industry that comes from uh, less less than professional actors. Um, I think it's it's folly to pretend that oh because there's less than 50 employees at a place that they're all on the up and up and working so hard for their members or for their employees i think that's just crazy and if there's one industry that could use some actual experience in providing workers with the rights that they need uh mm. it's cannabis oh, yes. i think boy. after the uh, covid epidemic labor's got a whole different attitude about working for assholes so uh, i think luke's Onto something. There's a pendulum swing that's about to happen here, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be towards more um, rights for workers because if you don't treat them well, they just they're bouncing. Dale, I, I would say how about benefits. Dale, I would say that 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 pendulum is more like a wrecking ball. Yeah, shout out to Miley Cyrus. <laughs> well, if you look historically, Reagan unplugged the um, Eisenhower Republican theories about. Promoting workers and taxing the hell out of corporations. That flipped. That was a pendulum swing. And these progressive cannabis laws are, are including labor and these labor peace agreements as an agenda item to bring labor back into it. I like the discussion, but forcing it on an industry, it, they're, you're going to see a lot of pushback against mm -hmm. that. And it's understandable because I helped set these businesses up. And Luke's tried to run a business like in this industry before. Man, when your labor is is a real problem, but there isn't a lot of respect for workers in the industry either. So that's going to have to change because these these I call them Generation Z, whatever the, they're called. Oh, they're the Gen Zers. Yeah, they do not like to work. Yeah. They're lazy. Tolerate what I tolerated as a new worker, like Mandy. You know, when I got my first job, it's like you do what the fuck you're told. Mm -hmm. Shut up and go to work. Okay, now it's like, dude, I don't need to have this, tolerate this stuff anymore. So labor is going to change some paradigms on its own after COVID. Where this fits in, I don't know, because I see both sides of it from my experience growing up and in the industry right now. And there isn't a simple, easy answer to this. There just isn't. Uh, we got to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Oh, yes. Coming up next, she's a mom, she's a cannabis executive, and she's an edibles judge for the Emerald Cup, the most prestigious cannabis competition that there is. That's right. And she's going to show you how they all go together, how being a mom, an entrepreneur, and an executive lifestyle all go hand in hand. That's right. It is Mandy Tingler. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. My article comes from The Guardian. And it's coming out of Barcelona, Spain. The headline reads, Barcelona traders demand action over rise of CBD, CBD shops posing as florists. Barcelona's old city has been overrun by outlets selling cannabis paraphernalia that are getting around tight zoning restrictions by registering as florists, disgruntled shopkeepers say. In recent years, so-called weed shops have spread sprung up all over the city, but are mainly concentrated in Ciudad Bewa, the, the oldest part of the city, and it's also the area that's most popular with tourists. The past six years, 118 new florists have opened in Ciudad Bea, compared with just 21 of the rest of the city. Barcelona's Florist Association says it's unaware. Oh, excuse me. Of course, I get a phone call right as this is going on. Uh, hold on. Dang it. Fine. Sorry, guys. Shit. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. This totally just wrecked my screen here. Ah. 
with me. Hold on. Is it a, do you want us to come back to you? Uh, no. Okay. I'm almost back. Hold on one sec. All right. Here we are. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so um, compared with just 21 in the rest of the city, Barcelona's Florist Association says it's unaware of any boom in the flower selling of the industry. And the number of florists in the city has been stable for years. It's thought that there are as many as 250 weed shops in the city selling bongs, hookahs, seeds, and cannabis oil or CBD products. Uh, CBD, it says, is extracted from marijuana plants and is sold legally in many countries for the treatment of anxiety, insomnia, and other conditions. The World Health Organization has reported, quote, no evidence of public health-related problems associated with the use of pure CBD. However, in Barna Centre, the city's shopkeepers association alleges the weed shops also sell sweets and other products with illegal concentrations of THC, the ingredient in cannabis that produces a high. The association claims that numerous products such as lollipops and brownies marketed as non-psychoactive CBD derivatives contain as much as 150 milligrams of the highly psychoactive THC is calling on the local authority to introduce a specific license for weed shops to stop them masquerading as florists. Barna Centre says that the shops, many of which have occupied the premises of business forced to close during the pandemic, are bad for Barcelona image. Meanwhile, the city has once again declared war on its 200 cannabis clubs, or associations as they're known as, which are quasi-legal clubs where members can buy and consume cannabis on, cannabis on, pre, on premises. A law passed by the Catalan government in 2017 stipulated that the clubs could not make a profit. Members had to be of legal age, and each club could only grow 150 kilograms of marijuana a year, with a limit of 60 grams per member each month. However, the authorities claim that many clubs are flouting the law and are selling cannabis, selling to cannabis tourists. As Barcelona increasingly assumes Amsterdam's mantle as a weed smoker haven, it has become com commonplace to be stopped in the street by young visitors asking which is the way to the local association. Now, guys, this is a really, really important topic in Spain. I recently just visited there. I can tell you there are lots of florists and CBD shops, but I did reach out to a couple of my colleagues that are operators with dispensaries in Spain, and they're saying that they're being raided because of all of these other shops that are not registered as medical cannabis locations. Uh, most recently, uh, several of them have been raided and had all product seized. So those, those entities that are actually registered for medical access are being affected by this and that. That is not okay. I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. This is Mandy or Carmen Sacramento on Hyatt 9. Crap shops. Technically they are right? Definite trap shops. Um, I wish I could show you the photo that they have on the uh, the article. It actually is a picture of a like little quick stop. You can go in and buy like your trinkets for your travel that you're taking home to your kids or your family or whatever. But it clearly says a big giant cannabis sign out front with a weed leaf on it. And when you walk inside, it's like t-shirts and snow globes and just ask for what you need. Marketplace so is going to dictate what happens, Mandy. There's a demand for weed. I mean, this is true in California, and you only have so many places you can legally get it. Guess what? It starts popping up everywhere. Okay, they they're not watching the United States and how we fucked up the war on drugs and how you just can't. It's like putting your thumb on a bead of mercury. What what do you actually accomplish um, here? This is nonsense. But it is. And they want to enforce. So they're going to go in and. You know, take your stuff and call your names and. Government there is very the polarizing, too. Um, it's just really interesting who they're deciding to go after and who they're not. And, you know, you've got dispensary operators who are following the rules and then you've got these pop up shops, you know, just like everybody else has. Um, but the Catalan government is really interesting. It's, a, it's definitely a strong split. You're either strongly for or strongly against cannabis in that community. 
Have your According mom told to you the it was bad, it's bad, right? That's all over the damn world. Yeah, according to the Oxford International Standard Dictionary, the definition of a florist is a person who sells and arranges plants and cuts flowers. Sounds like they fall under that oh, category to me. Yeah. Yep, I, 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 I would say they could <laughs> definitely that's fall a, under that category. I'm gonna add that to my LinkedIn. Hold on. Definition. Yeah. <laughs> it's how they define it locally. They don't go to the Oxford Dictionary, so yeah, if, if they have a rule against it, they're going to come up there and, and they're going to stick a gun up your ass and take all your stuff. That's how the war on drugs works, and this is just another extension of the war on drugs, guys. I mean, this really sounds like California back in '04. I mean. Uh, Picking and choosing what dispensaries they want to raid and, and shut down. Um, you got to be a member. You got, you know, what I mean, it's a collective type situation. Mm -hmm. Some of the localities are cool with it. Some of them aren't. So, I mean, I feel like all they got to do is rewind California back about 15 years and they can get their whole playbook. It didn't work, Luke. Oh, yeah. Rico, are you ready? We got we got to get to Luke. Let's go. Let's go. Up next and bringing us home today is the infinitely multifaceted author, activist, entrepreneur, OG, trailblazer, justice ambassador for Glasshouse Brands, and most importantly, fellow dope girl dad, Luke Scarmazzo. What you got Morning, for us today, everybody. big dog? My uh, story today comes from the Public News Service, and the title is 11 Million California Criminal Records Expunged in First Six Months of New Law. Golden State has permanently expunged an unprecedented 11 million criminal arrest records in the first six months after the implementation of a criminal justice reform bill, according to data just released by the California Department of Justice. Assembly Bill 1076 required the state DOJ to automatically clear eligible records for people with arrests, but not convictions, people with convictions on most crimes that did not carry a prison sentence, and for those who have successfully completed their sentence. Jay Jordan is the CEO for Alliance and Safety at Justice, and is quoted as saying, this has been something that we've been working on for five years, said Jordan. And we weren't sure about the implement, implementation or how quickly the DOJ would work, but 11 million records, by all accounts, is the largest automatic expungement in the history of America, given in that short time frame. After the bill passed in 2019, the state developed software to analyze the records and began the expungements last summer, providing relief to 2.1 million people in the first six months. In California, an estimated 8 million people will have their arrests or convictions on their records and face thousands of legal restrictions to jobs, housings, and more. This is, this is an anti-crime bill, Jordan said. You know, if people are working, if they're getting apartments, not committing crimes, if people are able to take care of their kids and have money to buy groceries and they can pay their car notes and can pay their light bills, they're not back in the streets. Before 2019, the expungement process in California was com complex, expensive, and slow because of a backlog. Another bill, AB 1331, created a database that allows the DOJ and the court system to exchange information more efficiently. Now, this is like something that I've been talking about for a while about expungements, automatic expungements, and how if a state really wants to drill down on this and use the tech and use their resources, it can be done quickly and efficiently. This was 11 million expungements in six months. Um, if we can fire a Tomahawk cruise missile out of the ocean and hit a bunker that's 10 stories down within 36 inches, I feel like we can expunge a few records off of a uh, database. Um, so I'm interested to know what, what the rest of my correspondents have to say about that. Well, I can tell you, 100%. Luke, um, if you don't make it mandatory um, that these be expunged um, unless the government comes forward with reasons not to, it's not going to happen. And give people with these records a, a private right to go in and do something about it. Uh, the foot dragging is just unbelievable because you, you still file, find lockers full of, you know, rape kit samples and things like that. If, they're, if the law enforcement isn't interested in doing something, damn sure ain't going to happen. So you put the mm -hmm. onus on them. We're going to expunge these records unless you step forward with something. And then computerizing this. I mean, for God's sakes, Luke, 
We watched the expungements that were ordered for cannabis in California just be a snail's pace. It was unbelievable. And this is not that difficult. If you can do a background check and find somebody's arrest, you know, for pissing on the sidewalk 10 years ago, you can sure as hell line these things up and figure out which people have not reoffended have an app help you put a list together and they're automatically expunged unless the government comes forward with some reason not to give people a hearing i applaud this we need to get this off people's records i i, I hope that and and um Gigi, you know I, I hope you can push for the federal government to expunge my records as, you know, i don't want to be carrying a felony the rest of my damn life and i ain't gonna you know felate anybody to get a pardon so let's see if we can get this thrown into federal law too I hear you, but I don't know if the feds are ready to erase felonies. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think they are them. either. Seriously. Yeah. That's so fucking ridiculous. We can't even get banking. We can't even get banking, yeah. people. At least not yet, Gretchen. This is easier than yet. banking. All due respect. Oh. This is easier than banking. No, it's banking. not. No, Mandy, I have to disagree with you on that one. This is not this is not easier than banking. No, 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 because you have you have the police unions up against this. You have all of these other different um, uh, law enforcement agencies that, that profit off of this system that they don't want this to happen because then all of a sudden you're going to have people with past convictions that all of a sudden don't have past convictions and aren't eligible for more intensive sentences. And honestly, Mandy, from a PR perspective, Washington does not want to be seen expunging the records of felons. They're just not going to do it. Uh, I, I agree with the PR. I agree that the PR, the PR yeah, is, the PR it doesn't, side. it doesn't fit the Washington, uh, you know, doesn't fit the machine on, on being yeah. tough on crime. Yeah. It doesn't work for them. Yeah. Help Hunter Biden right about now a little. Yeah. Oh, maybe. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hunter is being made a scapegoat. Anyone else in his same position would have paid his fines and be done with. It's I, ridiculous that everyone start, thinks we, Hunter Biden should be sitting in jail forever. He should. He should start a pack. Sound like a Democrat. He should be sitting in jail forever. You should start. You should start a pack. Right. You should start a pack there, uh, Gretchen. Uh, Republicans for Hunter. Gretchen. Gretchen. Did you see? Did you see? Did you see that? Did you see the magnet that that, that they're selling, Gretchen? The, the the little baggie of cocaine that says I went to the White House and all I got was this baggie of cocaine. <laughs> just saying, oh, just saying. Yep. Mm -hmm. oh, I just man. want to say that think of a cat and a laser light, okay? And when you run and jump after shit like this, you sure as hell ain't the laser light. You're the cat chasing some. This is. People use cocaine. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you, but they shouldn't have it in the White House, but they, I'm sure they do. So, mm -hmm. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Surely this story. in the White House. That's a guarantee. Oh, <laughs> boy. They don't have so sex in the White House either, right? <laughs> Never had exactly. Sex. Exactly. I got a cigar we're, somewhere with a funny odor to it, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where was, where was Reagan landing those uh, C-130s at that were coming up from Nicaragua? They weren't landing yeah, at the White you House, know, Luke. You should know that one, Jason. That was on an yeah, airstrip. Yeah. About that, Luke. I don't know yeah. nothing about that. That was all, that, that was all Reagan, the Air Force Reagan Base. Didn't know. All, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, his dementia kicked in, and he didn't know none of them about none of that, right? So, uh, just saying. I mean, I think I think Your that favorite. was that was more that was, that was more under under Dan Lundgren when he was the head of the State Department. We're gonna have to oh, ask yeah, Freeway and, Rick. and when Reagan, yeah, can we get Freeway Rick on here to um, elaborate on that that whole? Uh, yes, yes, yes. I will. I, I, I will. I will reach out to Rick. I will. I will reach out to Rick, and we will try to get him on. Yes, yeah, so please give I'll give Freeway a call. I'd love it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> We're oh, at yeah. the top of the hour, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. It has been a spicy, spicy hump day today. I like it a lot. But thank you all out there for joining today's episode of High Nine News. You can always catch us weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans showing love, getting their comments projected live on the big screen. Also, our live audience members and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily headlines of chaos. Our vetted correspondent team tuning in from all over, bringing us much needed variety and perspective and your respected opinions to the table to our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, The Vortex, all our sponsors helping us keep the lights on and keeping our AV struggles to a minimum. Of course, the lovely Zsa Simone holding us down on all the other platforms too. And to the haters out there, 
the weather is too, it's too hot outside to hate, man. Just, just go inside, just pour some ice on yourself and just, you know, sweat it out, sweat it out. Always Cannabis Sativa L, the reason the Hyatt 9 News team shows up and reads these headlines every single day. Thank you. It has been Wednesday, July 12th, 2023, and the show is over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope it was enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. Dale Schaefer, Uncle Dale, what you got for us, man? Take us out, man. Well, a couple things. Keep your head down and your ass out of the line of fire. And don't break more than one law at a time. When you run after something emotional, think of the cat in the laser light. And if you're the cat, stop and take a chill pill and consider do you want to chase after that emotional thing? <laughs> What's in that chill pill? What is in that chill pill? It's it's red. Chill pills are red. Probably a benzodiazepine. <laughs> Shout out to benzos. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs>